We are here at Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and you are listening to Untamed Shrews, Women Talk Theater. I'm Dawn. I'm Hannah. And I'm Becky. And welcome to today's episode on body image. I also want to add that we are three white women, so our experiences are going to look different from folks who are not white, not able-bodied, not cisgendered, etc. Um, and also, just a content warning that the conversation might go into eating disorders. And if you or someone you know has an eating disorder, please visit www.nationaleatingdisorders.org or www.anad, that's A-N-A-D, dot org, for more information and for help. (sighs) (laughs) Guys, this is going to be, this is going to be our, our first foray into the most difficult topic. (laughs) Yeah, this is a heavy one for sure. But I'm very excited to talk about this, guys. Um, I think at least for me, the reason I want to talk about this topic is I want everyone entering the theater world, and of course, just regular humans in the world too, to not have to go through at least what I went through. (laughs) And I want, Uh I think it's getting so much better, but I, I just want the conversation to start and for especially young women to just know that they are so damn gorgeous and they (laughs) should not be told otherwise and that their talent has nothing to do with their appearance and that this business was built for them to not just perfectly pretty people. So that's kind of why I want to talk about this topic. And I think it's going to kind of be all over the map. It might discuss, you know, things we've gone through in theater specific, but also, you know, just our own journeys of, Mm -hmm. um, you know, self-acceptance and, you know, our health journeys and all that stuff. So how do we want to start this off? What do we want to discuss first? (laughs) Um, You know, I think maybe we could each start with just, you know, like some of the worst experiences that we've had and unpack them a little bit. I know we're going to end talking about some of the good things that are going on and some of the hopeful, Mm -hmm. like you said, things are getting better. Um, Even since, you know, since I'm a little older than (laughs) you guys, um, even since I was in undergrad and grad school, I've seen a lot of things change and been really impressed by the way things have changed. But there's still so far to go and I know I still find my thinking trapped in some old patterns when it comes to Mm -hmm. especially casting and suggesting casting um which I do a lot as the ED well we all do that a lot because we you know have a non-traditional theater company arrangement where we act as the artistic sort of committee together as a staff which I love Um, I think it helps us break free from some of those patterns because we can each bring in a different perspective for casting. Um, But yeah, I think it'd be good just to talk about like, you know, some of those experiences that we had, what they were, how they affected us, um, and maybe how to avoid those traps (laughs) for people coming into the theater world, like you were saying, you know, just reassure people that it's not, it's not them. It's not that they're not gorgeous and talented and very worthy human beings is that we're in an industry that has some really bad uh, old standards still sticking around. Totally. Well, I guess I'll start. Go for it, Hannah. (laughs) Um, So, hey, internet world out there. (laughs) Um, I guess I'll sort of 
back up to, you know, when I was a a child, um, I was a very round child. (laughs) (laughs) I was always um, chubby and plus sized. And I started theater and singing at a very young age. So I always felt very confident in my abilities. And really, I think probably since I was about five or six, I was always a little pudgy. So I don't really remember much about like my childhood or my teen years really without that, you know, that um, haze over over my experiences, because obviously that's that's what I grew up with. So I was I was always a little bigger. Um, I was very good at dressing myself, though. So I think um I mean, I, w- I was definitely obviously plus size, but I think that I, um, I guess, dealt with it is not the right word, but I, I kind of covered it up pretty well, um, but I was never um, very active or anything like that. So that was definitely something that I was dealing with. Um, and so my experience started in probably you know, around 10 or so was when I was like really doing theater often and auditioning often and doing shows, you know, several times a year. Um, And even by then, I knew that I wasn't the traditional body type. I don't think I had necessarily, you know, been told anything negative or anything, but I could, I just knew, you know, like I knew that I wasn't um, teeny and petite and pretty um, in that traditional sense. So I always kind of kept that with me in auditions. Um, So I went into those younger years always kind of knowing I wasn't going to get the lead um, because I always thought, you know, no, only the like pretty tiny little girls get, you know, the big the big roles that everyone wants. And um, that carried through to high school. And that was high school was really when it was the most I think, effective on me because, you know, we were doing musicals that had princesses in them. And, and, you know, of course, I I never, ever got those roles. And I remember just crying in my bedroom like, but I'm just as good as those girls. Mm. I can sing circles around them. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for 10 years and they just don't give me the chance. And something that I remember happening, and this happened to a couple of my girlfriends too, Girls who were petite and pretty um, in the traditional sense and were thin, they would get cast as the role, but then the directors would realize that they couldn't sing it or they couldn't act it. And I remember in high school, um, this actually happened a few times where the girl would get cast as the lead and I would end up singing her songs. Oh no. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, (sighs) but it's completely true and happened. Wait, sorry, I I don't mean to interrupt, but that's, there was this one famous, um, well, she wasn't, oh my gosh, what am I trying to say? There was like some movie musicals in the, like, I guess the 50s or the 60s where the leading actress in it, they dubbed her singing. Yeah. Yeah. But like, there are stories of like them never telling the actress that (gasps) they dubbed her singing. Oh gosh. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Oh. Well, I know that's all lost singing in the rain. I know but. it happened in um, My Fair Lady. 
And that oh. was Audrey Hepburn, and they actually dubbed her over with Julie Andrews' voice. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Except Julie uh-huh. Andrews was gorgeous, so why gorgeous. didn't like, yeah. what's going on there? <laughs> why didn't they just cast yeah, her? Who knows? But I know that yeah, yeah. they did end up dubbing her over. <laughs> who knows why? Audrey Hepburn. Um, but anyway, so, that's, so when you say that, were you on stage singing the songs, or yeah. you were coming over the speaker? Okay. No, I was. Yeah, I was on stage, and um, yeah, absolutely insane. Um, so that was always disappointing because I knew, you know, I knew full well mm-hmm. why that was happening. Yeah, that's and, so sad. And, you know, you guys know me as a very positive person. I'm <laughs> so glad I am that way because I think it really – everything I went through could have hurt me so much more than it did because I'm just the kind of person that's like, that's the way it is. I'm happy. I'm doing what I love. Like, obviously it sucks, but I really – I'm really just so thankful with the way I – I guess just sort of blew it off. I'm not sure. But so that was like my high school time. And that was really tough because, you know, I I knew I could play those roles and I really wanted to play those roles. And I was so long. I was so fixated on the princess type for mm-hmm. so long. And I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that about me, but the princess type has been my like what my brain told me was the ideal for so long. And when I went into college, that was like all I wanted to sing. Every song I went into auditions with was like, it was the princess type. Like I was singing Thumbelina, guys. Like (laughs) that was what I thought was like the absolute like end all be all, right? Mm -hmm. So flash forward a few years, I go to college. Um, At this point, I'm like probably a size 16. Um, Again, you know, I... I'm really, I'm a good dresser, you know, like I was always pretty. I always had, I was always so, so proud of my hair. <laughs> um, awesome. You know, that was like the thing I always fixated on. I was like, I have beautiful hair. I have beautiful hair. I have beautiful hair. <laughs> and that was like my thing that like I really like hid behind. It was like, I have beautiful hair. I can do it, you know. <laughs> so I went into college and um, admittedly had a very terrible audition <laughs> for my BFA program. Um, and at the time, our BFA program was um, – you got into the BFA actually after your freshman year. So that's actually really good for me because I ended up entering the program, but not having to be in the, or I didn't have to like quote unquote audition for the BFA until the end of my freshman year, which was actually good because I was definitely not ready at the time. So I started at my school and, um, again, I, I kind of knew like I was always going to play the like best friend roles and like the mothers and that kind of thing just because that's what I had been told all my life you know like Mm -hmm. that was the kind of things I was going to play and um I had a really hard time that first year you know I I do think I was talented but I was just apologizing for existing like I wasn't taking up space and I wasn't I wasn't truly just like putting myself out there because I was so scared to just be who I was and you know I was being told things like, um, you sound like a princess, but you don't look like one. Mm-hmm. You are, you're a conundrum. Your voice is like exactly like what you'd think of. And like, it's high and it's, it's belly and it's, you know, this is how you sound, but this isn't how you look. And we don't know where to put you. Like I got a lot of, um, like you're a conundrum kind of thing. Like, yeah. because I did not look old. Like I looked so young, but I was round, you know, I was, I was a little soft, like, 
but I did not look old enough to play the mom, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. 17. And so it was a really big struggle there for those first few years because I just really didn't know where I was going to go. And um, I, at the end of that freshman year, I had unfortunately had a little bit of a, a negative experience with an adult who told me, basically, you have to lose weight or you will not succeed. So that summer, I lost a ton of weight. And I came back that next year, and all of a sudden, I was successful. And people noticed me. And I was getting roles. And, you know, I was just generally more successful in my classes and all these things. And obviously, I was like, oh, well, that equals like pretty equal success. And Mm. I continued to lose weight and, um, that I'm sort of, we, you know, I've pretty much plateaued weight wise. Um, and I've been basically the same size for the last, you know, uh, six or seven years now, but it took me a long time to realize that of course being told, you know, you need to lose weight was very, very bad. Like the idea that you can't be successful unless you're thin is absolutely just disgusting. But at the same time, I really struggle with this conversation because I was happier after I lost weight and I was truly healthier. So I think part of that was kind of a long winded leading up to, but what I kind of want to discuss is like the difference between body type, because that's, I mean, that's different across the board, but I do think that finding your healthy spot is very important. And I finally found my healthy spot, you know, through fad diets and discovering the type of movement that's best for me. You know, I found my body that I feel most comfortable in, but I just want people to know out there that like you need to find that for yourself and it's going to look so different across body types because like I am 5'8". Like I'm quite tall <laughs> and I'm never going to be 115 pounds because I'm large. Like, you know, uh, but for me, I discovered movement that made me really happy and I did lose weight and I feel so strong now, which is, you know, really where I find the most importance now. It's not about being Mm -hmm. thin. It's about being strong. And that has helped me in my acting career too, because I just, I can physically do more. Like I can physically do much more. Like I don't lose my breath when I'm, you know, in a like strenuous show and like my, like my ab work quite literally (laughs) like makes my singing better and my speaking voice better. And so I guess I, I want to encourage I mean, we'll obviously hear everybody's stories, but I just want to encourage everybody to find for them what feels like their true body. Like, uh, I think that at the time I, you know, I, I just truly wasn't healthy, but that created a lot of other issues. But at the same time, I should have never been told that I wasn't going to be successful because of my body type. Yeah. So... Yeah, lots of word vomit there. <laughs> there are so many different ways that that conversation could have been yeah. approached, and it should have been you bringing it up. Like you're the one who gets to bring up where you're at with your body and talk about with your your body with your mentors. And it's really fair to want to be stronger, to mm-hmm. want to be healthier. Um, all of those things are really fair, and and what's not fair is to be told, you know, very specifically, like you have to lose weight. I, 
16 is not an unhealthy size. No. So if that's your healthy size and that's your healthy weight and someone comes along and tells you to lose weight, they could be encouraging you to some really unhealthy eating and exercise habits. Yeah. Um, you know, who are they to say that you don't already have great eating right. and exercise habits? Um, so yeah, that's just such a bummer that that happened that way. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry that you went through that. But I think it does bring up a really good point, which is that it is totally different for everyone. Everyone. And, um, you know, no one can determine that for you. I would just say like for our listeners, we have a local um a woman who is a uh, certified dietitian, Abby Chan. And if you're just looking for someone to follow on Instagram for mm-hmm. like absolute um, food positivity, mm-hmm. highly recommend Abby Chan. Um, yeah, I think you can just search her name on Instagram. She's You'll find her. She's the best. She does very sassy like TikTok style. Oh my gosh, she's so <laughs> like, good at she, like <laughs> I just love when she like dramatically eats donuts. Yes. <laughs> and just breaks down fads and all of that stuff. Um so she's really great. And also I think because she is a person of color, she also has some really great insight into like how sort of like um Things that we even say are healthy as far as foods can disclude like entire cultural, mm, like dietary, um, you know, I guess norms. Mm-hmm. So she talks a lot about that too. And I would just highly, she's also just a super fun and funny person. <laughs> so even if you're not in Flagstaff, strongly recommend um, taking a look at that. Totally. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll share really quickly. Is that okay, Becky? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> so for me, it was, really interesting mostly what I'll bring up is that the shockers for me in theater I was always I guess like a relatively like correct mm-hmm. <laughs> according to right. you know old cisgender white males yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> body traditionally type. beautiful I was traditionally the correct size mm-hmm. so I always had that but what was really interesting to me is things that I would hear around very specific things like I had teachers who told me over and over again that as a blonde I would never get cast as a serious role Mm. and it was very true through college I got cast as every bimbo every like it like every throwaway role and when I finally did get a very serious role in Shakespeare it was with a director who I admired so much and still to this day admire this person a lot but he asked me to dye my hair I had to dye my hair brown for that role because he said it just wouldn't do to have a blonde in such a tragic role in such a serious role and I think that was another like old school theater thing I was also taught that I had to audition in skirts that I was not to audition in pants do they still say that Becky uh I well not like through my program but it was definitely like I don't know I feel like when I first entered like (laughs) the the biz uh, like Mm -hmm. after it was very much like jeweled tone dresses and like nude character heels yes. and going like that's yeah. what you're with. That's the audition uniform. The nude heels, though. <laughs> Becky and I have joked about the nude heels so many times. Yeah, and I just I remember also being told at one point like oh, don't dress too risque for your audition because, you know, what if it's the artistic director and his wife and then she sees you as a threat? Oh, my god! And I remember thinking, like, 
why, <laughs> why would my Ugh. body be a threat to another woman? Ugh. Like I, you know, just that kind of like co- like concept of like what it means to be a woman and what it means to have, you know, like any part of your have sort of, I guess, autonomy over any part of your body to decide how to show it or not to show it or whatever you wanted to do was just stripped Mm. in theater. And that was just really not something that was encouraged. Um, And I worked for an artistic director for almost five years who was just awful with everything, height, weight, hair color. I mean, I remember he would literally be like, well, we can't cast this person as the older sibling than this person because they're shorter. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, but they're much better and the older brother is a better role. So why would we cast them as the lesser role just because they look taller? (laughs) I don't understand what's going on here. And that was really infuriating. I remember that being very frustrating. Um, So yeah, I guess that's kind of like the the worst parts of my experience were just some of those things and I think that um the what that one you know the one person who was teaching that auditioning class was a woman who told me that about like watch Mm -hmm. how you dress because you might be a threat you know and it was like whoa um I think that that competition between women and this idea that women are each other's competition. I remember my best friend in college, um, she and I were always up for the same roles. And we were really, it was, it really tore us apart a lot of times. I remember we'd always figure out how to come back together and renew our friendship. But the way direct, the way that the directors would speak to us or even sometimes our teachers would speak to us as like, well, you two are up against each other or like oh, yeah. you two are each other's competition or like, you know, yeah. who's going to get it? Like, is it going to – and I, just the idea rather than like us being each other's support or encouragement, just like the constant idea that we were each other's competition was so hard. Um, and I remember for me at the time, because she was brunette, it was so much harder. I was Aww. like, oh, man, I'm a blonde. I'm not going to get anything. I don't know why. That I feel like that is gone from theater. I haven't heard that in years. Um, the blonde thing? Yeah, I have not heard the blonde thing yeah, in a long time. Yeah, I don't so. So I'm glad that's gone. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so that's just kind of, you know, my thoughts and experiences. And I, my mother would always say growing up, like, women just have to stop seeing each other as competition and just always be holding each other up. And that's what's going to change the world. And I think she was so right and so true in theater. Um, so yeah, those are some of my thoughts. I've had struggles with, you know, weight and definitely, um, you know, I would say serious under eating, but it's always been more emotional for me. Mm. So it's whenever it feels like my life is out of control, I start to like seriously restrict calories. And I Mm. think that has to do with some of the messaging of like, if you're skinny, if you're pretty, you've got your shit together. Right. So it's like, for me, it would always be like, you know, something really bad was going on personally. If I could like starve myself down to a size zero, then I was like, okay, I'm in control, which is so, you know, not the case and I was not healthy and usually what helped me was actually exercise Mm. because then at that point if you can set yourself a if you can set yourself physical goals and especially like the amount of trapeze that I do now finding trapeze was great because it's art and exercise if you're not eating enough you can't keep up Mm -mm. and you can't do what your body needs to do and so I remember I started trapeze at a very bad 
point in my life, I maybe weighed 110 pounds. Um, I was eating probably between 500 to 1,000 calories a day, which is a calorie-deficient diet. I know Becky's face on the Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) It's so bad. And I I know that now, but like at the time, it was my way of – and I started trapeze and I got so invested. And Mm -hmm. I would say I've gained probably – between 15 to 20 pounds and then that has been my healthy weight because it's kind of like you say like your body settles where it wants Mm -hmm. to be and now I eat whatever I want whenever I'm hungry and I think of it as fueling my body for what I want to do instead of like how big is this going to make me or how much weight am I going to gain or whatever and I would also say like if you're really struggling with those things you know It could be purely outside pressures of, like, you need to look this way. But also, like, look at your life and see if there's some stressor that's making you either overeat or undereat. And is there, like, some healthy thing you could do for you Mm -hmm. that focuses you back on your body as, like, this beautiful, capable thing and then not thinking about how many calories or how how many hours of exercise, but just, like man, tomorrow I really want to be able to go into trapeze and I really want to for, you know, the first time ever nail a meat hook. And if I'm going to do that, then I have to have eaten as much protein and carbohydrates as my body needs. (laughs) So, you know, that's kind of where I've landed. So that would be my little piece of advice, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. um, I think, I mean, for me, I, I feel very privileged in saying that I really don't feel like I personally have received any negative like body image feedback. I don't want to say feedback, uh, uh, unsolicited advice. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. I I mean, the way I look right now is pretty much the way that I've always looked. Like I've always been fairly slender. Um, but I do feel like I have like witnessed um, or heard of quite a few incidences um just like from the various companies that I've worked for but never really feeling like I've been in a I mean I don't know things are changing and I'm but just back then like in my early 20s never really feeling like I was in a position to say anything or Mm. um kind of like ruffle the feathers in a good way in that um yeah well I don't know in (laughs) I remember in high school um we did uh, we did a show that was set in the 80s and <laughs> before rehearsal every day, the director would lead us all in like a little like workout. So it'd be like <laughs> crunch or like, I don't know, jogging in place for 30 seconds, something like that. And the idea was that like, if you want to wear a crop top, you need to have a flat stomach. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, um. and unrelated to, this, to, to that show, but earlier like in middle school I just remember a very very slender tiny petite teacher who was like you know I wouldn't have a problem if like people if like with school um, dress codes she's like you know I wouldn't have a problem if the girls who have flat stomachs like wore crop tops but <gasps> which literally like but I don't want to see a fat girl wear a crop top oh, oh, no. Gina behind <laughs> the glass is just a gape <laughs> that's a horrible thing yeah. to say a teacher yeah. too yeah, yeah. 14 uh, 13 and 14 year olds like yeah uh, that's so formative and so I actually I have a similar memory sort of 
kind of along the same lines from high school where I had a very, very skinny friend who was always hyper worried that she was fat and Mm -hmm. would always make comments. And I remember we had another friend who was probably like a very healthy, you know, like we were in the Midwest. She was like a very healthy farm girl. Mm. And I remember um, this other friend making a complaint about like uh, how fat her thighs were (gasps) and seeing our friend sitting behind her in class just silently start to cry and I was like because I was thinking like okay so she's sitting here going like well if she's fat like what am I you know and it was like oh you don't realize how like criticism of your own body like you know you criticize your own body in front of other women especially young women especially you know like young girls um that can be so hurtful because they can internalize it as like, well, you know, if she's saying that about themselves. her body, what does it say about my body? Yeah. Or even, like, I don't know, I, like I, I have distinct memories of um, like friends or, or whatnot being like, oh, I'm so fat right now. And then me being like, what do they think about my body? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like I'm yeah. bigger than you. Like if you think you're fat and I mean, mm-hmm. Fat in and of itself is not a bad word. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like the stigma that we associate with it mm-hmm. or that has been associated with it. Um, yeah. yeah. I just, I guess you kind of mentioned this too. I'm just so glad that I, I grew up truly. I think that's just like the, the, the phrase I'll use for it. I grew up and I'm so glad I did because all through college, I just had this like toxic idea, like you said, about like pitting myself against other girls. And guess what I learned? I can look exactly like the girl next to me and we can be different types. Like, (laughs) because we just have different experiences and Mm -hmm. different, just different everything, quite literally different everything. And, you know, there could be another 5'8 blonde right next to me and we could get cast in completely different roles because I have a vibe. I, you know, I bring a certain background to every role. Like, like even like look at me and Becky, like we, me and Becky share clothes all the time. We're like the exact same size yet at the same time, Becky and I have very different body types. Like our curves are completely different. You know, our hair is different. Our our skin is different. Our eyes are different. We're, we're even though you can like look at our bodies and be like, okay, they're like kind of similar, right? Becky and I get cast completely differently. And in college, I would have looked at someone like Becky and been like, oh, she's going to take things from me. But I learned, you know, I grew up and I realized that Becky and I bring different things to the table, you know, and it's not about, it's not all about size. It's not all about hair. It's not all about curves. It's literally just who are you and are you going to, how are you going to play this role? Because, you know, your specific little quirks will shine through that role. And what does that particular director want to shine? It's not about, it's not about, yeah, I've learned so much more that it's not about what is someone taking away from me. I, I have, I celebrate when my girlfriends get roles yeah. and yeah. I'm just so proud of them now. And I just, honestly, at this point, I don't care what roles I get. <laughs> I used to care so dang much. Like <laughs> I wanted to be the pretty one. I wanted to be this specific role. And now I just don't care. Am I going to have fun playing that role? That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be something I can emotionally connect to? That's all that matters. And 
I I just wish that like every 12, 14, 16, 18 year old, not just girl, but anyone entering this this theater world can hear what we're saying, which is it doesn't matter. If you are healthy and you are happy and you are moving your body and treating your body well, it does not matter what size you are, what color your hair is, whether it's curly or straight, what shape your eyes are, it only matters what you bring to the role and what you bring to the table. (laughs) All righty, well, thanks for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Shrews. I'm Hannah. I'm Becky. And I'm Don. Join us next month for an episode with the Garrison Garcia, founder founder of the Flagstaff Foundry. Um, He is a comedy and improv extraordinaire, and he is such an incredible ally to all women performers. We will be chatting about his experience as a performer and a director and what it means to be funny and how we can be allies for women in the performing arts. Follow the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival on Instagram at Flagshakes and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found on sunsounds.org, the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival YouTube, and on all of our social media platforms. This episode of Untamed Shrews, starring Don Tucker, Becky Zaritsky, and Hannah Fonz. Show art by Calliope Lou Decker. Podcast theme song by Cadence Lamb. Podcast edited by Hannah Fonce. Special thanks to Gina Byers. Bye, Bye guys! <laughs>